0: Heavenly Father, I pray in Jesus' name that you'll move on this listener right now in your gentle, loving, powerful, and merciful way as they listen to this message from All Nations Church in Tallahassee. Amen. I want to talk to you for a few minutes this morning about missing in action, MIA. I believe that in many churches and even in the lives of people who call themselves believers, Holy Spirit is MIA. He's simply not there. We see the signs of it all around us. We can look at churches today and we know beyond a shadow of doubt that we're living in 2 Timothy chapter 3 verses 1 through 8. We know men are now lovers of themselves. They're heady, they're boastful, they're proud. They have a form of godliness but they deny the power thereof. Churches across the world that have once been bulwarks of sound doctrine and truth, have now drifted away. They've embraced culture. We see now that churches actually value acceptance more than they value holiness. They value relativism more than they value absolute truth. They value religion more than they value relationship. They value works more than they value faith. They value the opinion of man far greater than the opinion of God. They value the arm of flesh, education, training, intellect, social clubs and circles, rather than the arm of the mighty God. I could go on and on with these comparisons this morning, but you understand, and you're right there with me, you understand we're living in a day when the church has lost its first love. When the church has slipped away from the position the Lord wants them to be in and accepted less and calling it better. Jesus said, and I quoted it a few minutes ago, but let me read it again. Acts chapter 1, verses 4 and 5. Wait for the promise of the Father. He said, you've heard it from me. And you can go back and read John 14, 15, and 16. Jesus talks about the coming of the Holy Spirit. He calls him comforter and teacher. He talks to him as the paraclete. He's one that's always there with us. He said, John baptized with water, but not many days from now, you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit. You see, we need to understand that the Holy Spirit isn't just a New Testament entity, but the Spirit of God was present at creation. There are many believers that are shocked to learn that there are over 100 references to the Holy Spirit in both the Old and the New Testaments. He is woven throughout the story of God's redemption of man. You cannot know Christ apart from Holy Spirit. He brings conviction. He brings realization that we are separated from him by sin and we need a Savior. And then he reveals Jesus to us. And we're able to call on his name. And when we come to Christ, Holy Spirit begins to bear witness to our spirit according to Romans chapter Uh, Eight, verse 16, that we are sons of the Most High God. So remember this, and by the way, the outline is on the app if you want to follow along. Remember this, Holy Spirit, when we come to Christ, reproduces Christ's life in us. Every day, it would be a little more like Him, reflect Him in a greater way and passion. Every day, our lives could drift away from the carnal and embrace the spirituality of Jesus Christ. So when we come to Christ, Holy Spirit reproduces Christ's life in us. But there's another level that we can experience in God, and it's called the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You can read it in Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Jesus said, after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, you shall receive power to be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and into the uttermost parts of the world. What's the purpose of the Spirit's coming? To empower you and I to be witnesses. To allow us not just to be church-going good folk, but to be dynamic witnesses of Jesus Christ. To be able to share with those around us what he's done for us and what he will do for them. There is no doubt in my mind whatsoever that when Doc got back home, he was telling him by his words, a living epistle of what God can do delivered and set free from demonic possession. Listen folks, we didn't pray some powerful yelling, screaming, sweating, stomping prayer. It was just a very simple God, deliver him and help him. Set him free. And then he went on his way, I saw him the next day. His smile was from ear to ear, his speech was perfect, not impaired in any way, shape or form because the God I serve through his Holy Spirit brings deliverance and change to hearts and lives. Folks, we've got to understand He plays a role in us. His power is available to us. And anytime we refuse to move in that level of power, we are rejecting a gift from God. Well, that's pretty strong, Pastor. I'm just telling you what the Scripture says. Wait for the promise of the Father. The gift of God is Holy Spirit coming to completely fill us and flow through us. The baptism of the Holy Spirit becomes the empowering portion of our service to the king. Because he is in us, he empowers us to do things we could never do in and of ourselves. You know, I can tell you, that's a wonderful thing about living in the anointing. My body may be racked with pain, but when the Holy Spirit puts me on and begins to wear me, the pain diminishes, it goes away. I know he's here, I know he's present, I know he's real. He does great things. Think about it this way we could take a drink from a glass of water and the water would be in us, right? But if we were to go down to the beach and we were to get off the beach and get in the ocean, we would be in the water, surrounded by the water. That's the the illustration I want you to see about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We take a drink and he's in us at salvation. But he wants us not just to stay there, but to move out, to step in, to walk deeper, to go where a river, according to Ezekiel, is not just a river, but it's a river that will bully us and carry us and guide us and propel us, direct us, and take us to the places God wants us to be. That's what the baptism of the Holy Spirit does for us. When you and I are saved, that Spirit living in us reproduces the life of Jesus. And just as that happens when we are baptized in the Holy Spirit, he reproduces the ministry of Jesus. And that's miracles, that's healings, that's deliverances, anything that he did, what did he say? You shall do also. So we've got to come to the place where we recognize Holy Spirit isn't missing in action. We're just missing him. We're just walking away, not understanding, not realizing, not applying what he's already given to us. You can read about the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit in 2 Corinthians chapter 12. I won't take time this morning to go through it. But you'll see nine gifts there, three gifts of power, three gifts of revelation, three gifts of edification. And God wants to use each and every one of us in those gifts as he determines and as he desires. So when we begin moving the fullness and the baptism of the Spirit of God, Everything that Jesus did, we can see in our lives as well. We can see the lame to walk, the blind to see, the demonic to be delivered, the sick to be healed, the outcast to be accepted. Oh, somebody, are you with me this morning? That is the reason we desire the baptism of the Holy Spirit. On the day of Pentecost, Peter stood to preach. He had never preached a sermon in his entire life. But he stood to preach, and when he declared Jesus the one the Jews had just crucified 50 days previously, 3,000 people were convicted of their sins and came to know him as their Lord and Savior. We need the baptism of the Holy Spirit because we need the power of God operating in us just as the power of God operated in Jesus Christ. You say, oh, you can't say that because I'm not like he was. Well, it's true. You're not the son of God. And if you say you are, I'm going to rebuke you. You are not, but you are a child of the most high God through Jesus Christ, your Lord and savior. You've been grafted into the vine and the same life that flows through him flows through you today. The same power that raised him from the dead, Paul says, now dwells in you and me. Why don't we recognize that? Why don't we apply that? Why don't we walk in that? Because in many of our lives, Holy Spirit is missing in action. We've walled him off. We've taught him out. You know what I mean by that, don't you? We believe doctrine that said that ceased, that no longer exists. We taught him out of our lives. Oh, I come this morning to challenge you. Let every bit of that stinking thinking be driven far from you today. Open your heart. Open your mind. Say, God, do what you want to do with me. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. We must have the baptism of the Holy Spirit in order to do what Jesus told us to do. We know it as the Great Commission. Go into all the world, preach the gospel to every nation. He that believes and is baptized shall be saved. He that believes not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow those that believe. Folks, I'm here to tell you, we can't just be Pentecostal in doctrine and name. We must be Pentecostal in practice. The power of the Holy Ghost has to operate in our hearts and in our lives. And you know the amazing thing about it? You don't necessarily have to yell and scream and spit and stomp. He can do great things simply by those who choose to believe we still serve the God who's able. We still serve the God who can. And even more importantly, the God who will. Jesus told his disciples, don't leave Jerusalem until you've received the promise of the Father. It's not going to be a long time, not many days. Shortly, you're going to receive the promise of the father, which was the outpouring of the spirit of God, the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And so they did, they waited 10 days. The Bible tells us they tarried, they prayed, they worshiped and they probably slept some of that time too. It amazes me when people read the book of Acts they seem to think that somehow these guys are more righteous, more holy more on target, on the ball than you and I are, that's not true they were men and women just like us and the 120 that were in that room on that first Pentecost Sunday received the initial outpouring dispensation of the Holy Spirit of the living God and they were filled until their cup ran over and it's when their cup ran over that their lives touched those around them Listen, folks, if your tank's almost empty, you don't have anything left to give anybody else. Today it's time, as Paul said in Ephesians 5.18, be continually filled with the Holy Spirit. Let God do something new and mighty in your hearts and in your life. That day, on the day of Pentecost, that first Pentecost celebration after the crucifixion and resurrection of Jesus Christ, the Bible tells me that 3,000 people were swept into the kingdom of God and the church was born. You now there's an interesting correlation if you'll go back to the giving of the law. You remember it? Moses had been up on Mount Sinai. God inscribed the Ten Commandments on tablets of stone. Moses was coming down the mountain and he heard these people, these Israelites, these who were following him, worshiping a false god. And when he confronted Aaron, his brother, he said, what in the world is going on? And said, well, these people wanted a God like they had back in Egypt. So we just poured their gold into the fire and out came this golden calf. Yeah, right. Isn't it amazing how many times the enemy thinks we're just flat out stupid? We know his ways. We understand his devices. We're not ignorant of the way he works. You know, when I hurt my back the first day on run for the wall, I wasn't doing something. Let me rephrase that. I probably was doing something I shouldn't have been doing. I was helping them move cases of water because there was no one else helping. It was a man with half a lung and his wife and I couldn't walk away. My wife's telling me the whole time, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. And I'm saying, it's the right thing to do. Well, it was the right thing to do. I just wasn't the right guy to do it. Think about that folks. Sometimes we get ourselves in pickles because of that. And I had severe pain the entirety of that ride. Still have it today. Hurts like crazy most of the time. I haven't slept more than three or four hours a night since it occurred. So if I make some statements that you don't agree with, just chalk it off to my being exhausted, all right? We'll leave it at that. I kind of just painted myself a blank slate there, didn't I? Say pretty much anything I want to say. Reminds me, it reminds me of the parishioner who was talking to his new pastor, and he said, Pastor, how long do you think a sermon should be? The pastor thought for a moment, he said, well, it could kind of be like a woman's dress, long enough to cover the essentials, short enough to keep you interested. I already made the disclaimer, so there you go. see, on that day when Moses came down from the mountain with the tablets of stone, the 10 Commandments, he saw what was happening, he threw them in disgust and broke them, and the Bible says God judged Israel And on that day when the law was given, hear the coalition, on that day when the law was given, 3,000 people died. But when the Holy Ghost was given, 3,000 people came alive. There was birth. Well, I'm here to tell you today, the spirit and the law, the law killeth, but the spirit brings life. Isn't it time you had some life from God today? Anytime we try to fulfill the Great Commission, taking the gospel to the world, Outside of the power of God, we're attempting a supernatural task with very limited power. Doesn't mean you can't reach people for Christ, you certainly can. But can you imagine how greatly multiplied the effort would be The resources would be if we allowed the power of the Spirit of God to go before us and Holy Spirit to till the ground and prepare the heart. And God bring people to the place where not only they're saved, not only they're forgiven, not only they're transformed, but they're filled with the power of the Most High God. We can't undertake supernatural tasks with limited power. Paul said be filled with the Holy Spirit. The knowledge and the reality of the empowering spirit of God is what enables us to replicate and reproduce the works of Jesus Christ in and through our lives today. You can tell me all day long you have the gift of healing, but if one's ever been prayed when you're healed when you pray for someone, you probably don't. You can tell me all day long that, that you have a, the gift of prophecy, but if the things you say don't come true, you probably don't. Friends, it's time you and I took a hard heart check and asked ourselves, am I operating in the flesh or am I operating in the spirit? Because if I'm operating in the spirit, I'm going to see the things that Jesus saw. And if I'm operating in the flesh, I'm going to get a pat on the back. I love you so much. You're the best. And that's as far as it goes. So are you willing to settle for the accolades of man, or do you wanna see the results of the Holy Spirit moving and working in hearts and lives? Listen, folks, you have to come to the place where you recognize I can't change anyone. I can't alter anyone's opinions, beliefs, identity. I can't make any change whatsoever, but I know a God who can. I know a God who will. He's not confused about who he is or who you are. God isn't confused about genders. He knows there's not 64. He knows male and female created he them. He's willing to raise up a righteous standard. If the people of God will grow a backbone, be full of the Holy Ghost, and let their words be a living epistle of his power. When can a believer be baptized in the Holy Spirit? What well, can happen at the point of conversion. You can read the story in Acts chapter 10, the story of Cornelius, a Gentile, converting to Christ, and Peter went down to preach to his household, and as soon as Peter started preaching, he heard them begin speaking in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. The same revelation Peter and the 120 had on the day of Pentecost, they also received. Oh, folks, I'm here to tell you, you don't have to wait 100 years. You can receive the Holy Spirit the moment you are converted and brought to Christ. Or it can take some time. It can take a process. You can read about it in Acts chapter 8. The guy's name was Saul. He was a member of the Sanhedrin. He had arrest warrants in his pocket going to Damascus to arrest new believers. People associated with the way. The way of Christ. And on the road a bright light shined from heaven. He fell off his mount. His eyes were blinded. He said, Who are you, Lord? And what did Jesus say? Why are you persecuting me, Saul? Why are you persecuting me? And in that moment of time, he turned towards Christ for the first time in the entirety of his life. And you read the rest of the story. Jesus told him where to go, what house to stay in. And then he reached out to a believer. This is so beautiful. A believer who Saul was going to arrest, the arrest word still in his pocket by the name of Ananias. And he said, go pray for your brother Saul. Oh, listen to me, friend. When Jesus Christ transforms lives, we become brothers and sisters, a member of the same family. It doesn't matter if we look the same, act the same, dress the same, talk the same. It doesn't matter because the blood, the cross is common ground for all mankind. Let me just say it. You see the spirit of division running rampant in this nation today, it's because we have turned our back on God and settled for the wisdom of man. Isn't it amazing to you that the people right now, high level politicians are saying, pray for our schools, are the same ones that don't want prayer in schools. It's an amazing thing when you look at the levels of hypocrisy that are in our government and in our culture. We need to understand, though, when someone comes to Christ, we are united through the bloodline, and the bloodline is the blood of Jesus Christ. That's why I can say to you, no matter where you're from, the color of your skin, the language you speak, the clothes you wear, the food that you prepare, no matter your culture, no matter your background, no matter your ethnicity, if we're in the body of Christ, we are brothers and sisters. And we have a responsibility to love each other and to resist the spirit of division that attempts to creep in the church and has for centuries. Well, I don't believe that. And then why do we have black churches and white churches? Why do we have Asian churches and Hispanic churches? Because we don't really believe we're all one in Christ. We really don't believe we're all equal at the foot of the cross. We really don't believe that the same spirit who dwells in me dwells in my brothers around the world today. See, we've bought the lie of culture. And we fail to see what God wants to do in our hearts and in our lives. The story of Saul of Tarsus goes on because Ananias went to him three days later and he said, Saul, the Lord has sent me to pray for you. And when he laid his hands on him, the scales fell from his eyes. He began to speak in another language as the Spirit of God gave him utterance. He was filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost and his entire life was revolutionized. I'm here to tell you this morning, folks, this is not an isolated one-off. Being full of the Holy Spirit is God's perfect will for every believer. Walking in the fullness and the power of the Holy Ghost is God's desire for every believer. People say, "Well, I'm afraid I may do something stupid." Have you looked in the mirror lately? I'm just saying, have you? Because I'm pretty sure everybody in this room, everybody listening to the sound of my voice, probably has already done something stupid this morning. And what is it? It's 11:40. The day's young. Consider the opportunities that are before you. Why are you worried about doing something stupid? Why don't you worry about submitting to the King of kings and the Lord of lords, surrendering to Jesus Christ 100% of your life and allowing Him to baptize you in the Holy Ghost? You shouldn't be afraid of what God's going to do because James tells us in James 1.17, every good and perfect gift comes from above, from the Father of lights, from the Lord of glory. We shouldn't be ashamed or afraid of what the Holy Spirit might do in us and through us. Because in Luke chapter 11, Jesus said, Ask and you shall receive, seek and you shall find, knock and it shall be opened unto you. And then he gave the illustration of if a son asks the father for a fish, will he give him a snake on a plate? That's what the message says. I love that. A snake on a plate. Or if he asks for bread, will he give him a rock? He said, No. Your fathers, being evil, know how to give good gifts to their children. How much more will the Father give the Holy Ghost to them that ask? We submit, we surrender, and then we ask. What do I have to do to be baptized in the Holy Spirit? How do I come into this experience? Well, very simply number one, you ask, you ask the Father. Ask God to baptize you in the Holy Ghost because Luke 11 9 says, Ask and it shall be given to you. Second, you believe that you receive. Folks sometimes we get all caught up in the physical signs and manifestations but if I'm going to seek the baptism of the Holy Ghost I'm going to say Lord I believe this promise is for me today I believe it's as fresh as new as relevant as it was the day on Pentecost when 120 were baptized in the Holy Ghost I believe God that you're no respecter of persons what you did for one you'll do for me I believe your promises are still yet true yea and amen in Christ Jesus my Lord I can stand and I can declare I believe And then I know the evidence of that belief Is going to be displayed in my heart and in my life Paul said to the Galatians in Galatians 3:2, Did you receive the spirit by the works of the law or by hearing with faith? We receive every gift of God through the gate of faith Everything is activated through the gate of faith If we don't have faith to believe we get nothing can you imagine that? Every wonderful benefit that God has laid out before us, we can't have until we first believe. You have to believe that if you ask for the baptism of the Holy Spirit, God will do that very thing in your heart and in your life. Tom, will you come back, please? I was 20 years old. I was driving a 50-20 John Deere tractor in the middle of a wheat field. Didn't have a cab, just a buggy top, an umbrella on that tractor. It was July. July. Temperatures over 100 degrees. The red dirt was billowing around me as I plowed that field. Given my life to the Lord just a few months previous. Heard all about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, but the things I heard wasn't real positive. And the people I saw who claimed to be filled with the Holy Spirit weren't real good examples. But on that day, in the middle of that wheat field in Major County, Oklahoma, I began to say, Lord, and, and listen, when the diesel is roaring, nobody can hear a thing. So it's a wonder if even God could hear me. I said, Lord, if this thing is for real, baptize me in the Holy Ghost. I had went 50 feet on down that furrow when all of a sudden the Spirit of God came over my life and began speaking in a tongue that I had never learned and I knew I'd been baptized in the Holy Ghost. All you have to do is ask and believe. When you do those things, God will hear you. God will respond to you. God will fill you. Baptize you with the Holy Ghost. Stand your feet with me this morning. There's two things required to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Number one, you've got to be saved. You've got to be a believer. You've got to know Jesus as your Lord and Savior because God isn't going to put His Holy Spirit emphasis on holy in an unholy vessel. But when you come to Christ, He purges you, He cleanses you. He radically transforms you, and you then become a holy vessel unto the Lord Jesus Christ. The second thing, you ask and believe. You ask and believe. So if you're here this morning, you've never asked Jesus to come into your heart and into your life. You've never asked Him to forgive your sins, to change the direction of your life, to change your eternal destination from hell to heaven. Then this is your opportunity today to take that first step and to ask Him to forgive you. Tom's going to begin singing this song, Rain Down. And as he sings it, if I've just talked to you, you need to ask Jesus to be your Lord and Savior. You're going to be a man, you're going to be a woman. You're going to step out from where you're standing, you're going to meet us right down here in the front of this sanctuary, and you're going to ask God to forgive you and to come into your life to make radical change in you. You see Jesus never once said Repeat this little prayer And you'll be saved He said repent And you'll be saved So as he begins to sing If you need to repent There's no shame Every one of us walked the aisle One time or another Some of us many times Some of us came to the altar so often Got baptized so many times Even the tadpoles know our name I may be talking to you today So as Tom sings Would you step out and come Come on, meet the greatest friend you'll ever meet. Meet Jesus, your Lord and Savior. You made it to the end of the message, and now what? Is God leading you to make a change? Are you needing a good church home where you can grow and help others grow as you fulfill your part in the body of Christ? Then we invite you to join us at All Nations Church on Sherer Road in Tallahassee, a multicultural church founded on the truth of God's Word and the power of the Holy Spirit. Our Sunday morning service is at 10.30 and Wednesday night service at 7, plus youth group and kid power and small groups and more. For more information, visit our website, allnationstallahassee.com.